Welcome back to an all-new episode of Dirtcast. I am your co-host, Madeline Davies. I'm your other co-host, Megan Reynolds. And today, we're going to be talking about no day but today. <laughs> no day but today. We're talking about Rent, more specifically Rent Live, which was on Fox on Sunday. Joining us later uh, to talk about Rent is director, writer, producer, and most pertinent to this conversation, hardcore rent head, Beck Schwartz. But before we get into that, yes. Megan, yes. other than our live show. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's been our, such a long time. I know. Since I'm, we've been on the on the cans. I am so happy to be sitting in this room across from you, as I am every week. I know. It is a sort of like it's like an intimate dinner, but <laughs> we're both not getting food. No, no one, no one here is eating. I'm actually slightly hungry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but we I'm I'm so happy to be back with you, my I, love. Same. Oh, good. I'm I'm just thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> Um, how are you, Maddie? I'm uh, doing okay. I, uh, if I may brag a little okay. bit, I welcome it. Thank you. Um, I got published in the New York Times for <gasps> the first time this week. You did? I saw it. Um, and I like. I know it's not cool to be excited, it's and okay. I feel like if you hang out with New York media people, it's like, oh yeah, it was. In, I would. I was in the styles section. A thousand times. I have never been you in the style not, section before. <laughs> not and a so thousand times. I uh, am freaking stoked. It's really good. I read it Thank in the car you. and it's very good. And I'm very proud of you and happy for you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. How are you? A little sleepy? I am fresh off of a weekend with my friends in Vermont. Uh, we hustled to get here. There was some hairy driving on the Taconic. I was deposited at the podcast studio. I have not showered, and I'm a little starving. I'm doing good. Yeah, you also you look like a like a little bear cub that kind of <laughs> came out of hibernation too early. <laughs> well, I tried to not fall asleep in the car so that I could be um, fresh, and then I fell asleep briefly on the West Side Highway, and it was just enough time for me to wake up and be like, "Oh no." Oh no! Yeah, you tasted Fuck. tasted like, sleep post nap time. So, but I'm doing really well. Um, is what yeah. I'm trying to You're say. You're wearing real tree. I'm wearing a real I tree can camo sweatshirt. Barely see you. I'm camouflaged, as it were. Um, I've not showered. I've mentioned that already. Um, I'm good. Good is where I'm going. Let's just with this. settle. We're both fine. <laughs> what everyone needs to know is that we're both fine, and maybe even. A little dirty. Just a little dirty. You know who's dirtier than me currently? All of the celebrities involved in this week's Dirtiest Dirt. It's true. Let's do it. Let's just do it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, lot going on. First up, I suppose this deserves maybe two seconds of our time. Pete Davidson is making jokes about his dick in his uh, stand-up sets since he's returned performing in the wake of his breakup and mental health scare, I believe, stemming from possibly his relationship with Ariana Grande or his meteoric rise to fame. Or his just his... Or just his shit. His, you know, baggage. All his things. Um... I really thought we would get to stop talking about Pete Davidson once uh, once they were done. Once he and Ariana were done, but yeah. like you just keep bringing him back in. <laughs> he made some stupid joke about his penis that was like, "Girls, now like she shouldn't have done that because now girls will be disappointed when they sleep with me." And to that, I say, "Of course they'll be disappointed, Pete. I don't think your dick is as big as she said it is." 
Um, I wish you the best of luck in Megan's life. Megan's Google alert and goes <laughs> off anytime Pete Davidson does anything. It does no such thing. It is just the nature of the job. And yet she loves him. I do. That's true. But I just want him to relax. I want every celebrity that I find problematic that I also enjoy to relax just like 35%. He's the only one I can think of right now, but I'm sure there are more. No, and I'm sure we'll talk about him again next week because he'll, <laughs> I don't know, breathe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we can vary. We can put a Pete Davidson moratorium on. I feel comfortable with that. Um, that is that. That's all I have on that. What's, Are you sure? Yeah, Maddie. Do you have a poem? I don't have a poem. Maybe next week I'll have An a poem. ode? Perhaps next week I'll prepare one. Um, I could probably give you like three haikus, but um, that's not Sounds for, beautiful. All right. It's not for Can't right wait. now. Yeah, Can't that's wait. I've said it, so I'll do it. More art devoted to Pete Davidson. That's what <laughs> the world is looking for. Anyway, let's move on from Mr. Davidson, shall we? We shall. Um, looks like Brian Singer is in the news mm. for being a grosso. Being a sexual predator. Being a sexual predator. There was an uh, something published in The Atlantic last week, I believe, the beginning of last week, when he'd had... Um, Interviews with his alleged um, victims, uh, all of whom said that he was sexually inappropriate with him when they were young. I mean, and this has been, um, I feel like I've been hearing about these rumors for 10 years. Yeah, they've been this is out. Not, uh, this is not news. I mean, it, it is news. Right. Okay, right. But it's not new. New is what I meant to say. Yeah, I mean, I would hate him even if uh, he didn't, he wasn't a sexual predator because I hated Bohemian Rhapsody so much. It was a, such a bad movie. Um, and I was so offended by it. Yes. But uh, it's like an added... I mean, I actually, I guess the real reason I hate him is because of the sexual predator. And sure. then the um, Bohemian Rhapsody is just like the cherry on top of the... <laughs> Poop cake. It was, I mean, again, Maddie and I reiterated, said this in the live show. It was a bad movie. I'd like to say it again. It's a bad movie. So bad. It doesn't deserve any of the awards that it has won. It does not deserve any of the awards that it might win at the Academy Awards. Ugh, and then Rami Malek saying, oh, yeah. Uh, when he said something along the lines, he's like, oh, I didn't, I never even heard that. Right. Which is like, yeah, fucking right. I mean, all these people have heard it. Everyone knows. Every, Everyone loves money more than they love anything else. Right. Like every celebrity who like – think of all the women who like – I think like Kate Winslet and like a bunch of other women like who have worked with Woody Allen Stewart. said the same shit. And men. Yes, yes. Like lots of people who have worked with people who have had stories floating around about them for years, stuff that has been sort of just like common knowledge you don't really talk about, um, have said, I didn't really know. And the thing is – I'm pretty sure they did. I mean, yes. Also, like, like I don't know these what parties else to say. where uh, Brian Singer allegedly was preying on these very young men, sure, uh, boys, we could say. We could. Um, we should. Had a lot of other celebrities at them. Also true. There were many eyewitnesses um, to these yeah. alleged acts. Many uh, accomplices or, accomplices. you know, people who were... Uh, complicit? Complicit. That's the word. Um, I, one of my... A mem like a celebrity interview that will always stick in my head mm. was it was uh, Kristen Stewart and my um, main enemy Jesse Eisenberg. Um, it's your number one enemy. Oh yeah, yeah, he's, he's bad. Enemy. He's bad. Talking about Woody Allen because it was when that movie Cafe Society was coming out. Ugh. They're both in right, and they're just like, oh, like they meant they talked about the abuse allegations, and they were just like, I mean, what it comes down to is just like we just don't know. You know, like such an who are we? Like only two people really know, and like we're right. not one of them. And I'm just right. like, I would never just, I would never walk that line. Just I don't know. An if insane I, like, thing yeah. to say out loud, but that's okay. If there was just like the whisper of like a rape or sexual right. assault allegation around anybody, I'd be like, you know what? I'm a hot young celeb. Yeah, uh, I'll uh, make a movie with someone else. Yeah, let me take my wares elsewhere. I'll pack my bag. You won't miss me. Not I'll be fine. A lick. <laughs> um, so that's cool. Yeah, but he also Brian Singer said it was a uh, homophobic uh, oh, right. smear campaign, and I'm like, I think Bohemian Rhapsody was a homophobic smear campaign. There we smear go. Campaign. Look at that. Take that, Brian Singer. Um, yeah, just oh god, same different year, same bullshit. Um, this next item, though, which I'd like to move on to because it seems very fun, 
Um, Andy Cohen is having a baby. Oh, yeah, he is. Uh, he announced that he was having a baby a couple weeks ago on Watch What Happens Live. If all goes according to plan, in about six weeks' time, uh, I am going to become a father. Um, the baby is imminent because he had a baby shower. <laughs> That announcement was really funny too. The announcement because was it sounded weird. like he was dying, or I that he was at least leaving Bravo, or something like huge and ma- like I thought like his life was threatened in some yeah. way. And the then way he did it, being joyous news, yeah, and everyone was happy. There are a lot of housewives on that episode. All of them probably cried. Uh, right? Seems like I think cry. everyone was very excited. Right. I loved like seeing like Teresa uh, Judice's. Judice, her like insanely buff arm just kind of reach into frame <laughs> to like squeeze Andy like a I don't know. Teresa's um bodybuilding exploits are like my favorite thing that she has done thus far. Yeah. She's done so much sure. for me to enjoy, but this pivot is my favorite. Think of how uh much more effectively she could have flipped that table if she had that muscle <laughs> she- mass then. <laughs> She could have flipped at least like three tables, like at the same time. Um, I but think. yeah, also like Kyle Richards, uh, an original housewife of Be- uh, Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. uh, threw Andy a very uh, fun-looking baby shower. Indeed, which just shows like if you don't have to carry a baby, yeah, that looked like a great ass time. <laughs> <laughs> um, a wide variety of housewives were there. Um, Danielle Staub was there. Sonia Morgan was there. Denise Richards was there. Teresa was there. Nini, Leanne Locken. I'm just, you know, um, Phaedra Parks was there. Weird. Candy was not. Interesting. Love I mean, I guess she's in the Big Brother house, I think. Oh, is Candy trapped somewhere else right yeah, now? Yeah, she literally is trapped somewhere. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> oh, but oh, it's I was celebrity Big Brother. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. I was surprised mm-hmm. that, uh, that Phaedra, Phaedra was there dared show her face. I mean, Phaedra loves a party. And I guess Andy loves Phaedra. Yeah. So Phaedra would find a way. Yeah. The way was Andy's Andy's generous heart letting her in. Um, there was amazing uh, video of Lisa Rinna, uh, like, as the party, like, clearly had gotten lit. Sure. Um, screaming into oh a God. microphone. Oh, you bitches better dance on this motherfucking table. Dance for Andy right now. He paid for your fucking life. Go now, you fucking bitches. Go. Get him on a fucking table and dance for Andy now, you fuckers. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. I I just was like struck with like a glee that I haven't felt since childhood. That's amazing. Um that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I need to watch that video. It was so good. Um and true. I mean, he did. But he, also I love that he's just like this like I don't know. I don't love it. Not actually, it's terrible. But it's right. like this man who has like gotten so rich off of like Other, exploiting uh, women and right. I mean, granted, women who are very willing to be exploited. Yes, so it I'm was not, it was a give and take situation, um, right? And then it's just like they know it too. They know you got you got to kiss the ring. Yeah, they know exactly. They know where their bread is buttered. They know what they need to do. So you have to put on the bandage dress. You have to go to the A Star yeah. Is Born themed baby shower for Andy Cohen. You have to dance on a table if Lisa Rinna asks you to dance on a table. You um, must. Also, notably, I feel like more notable maybe was the people missing. Mm. No Bethany Frankel. Interesting. Um, no Countess. And then Ooh. she uh, reposted a meme that was like the face when you see that Bethany and Luann weren't at the— At the thing. Yeah, it was just something like about like her missing it. Interesting. Um, and like alluding to something shady. Uh, but then oh <laughs> her caption was just like, Sorry to have missed it, Andy, which doesn't tell us anything. Nope, that's just that's just confusing messaging. Yeah. She then said she was like, "I'm I'm rehearsing for my cabaret." I'm but just sure like, you are, ma'am. Okay, mm-hmm. not there's not enough rehearsal in the world to. Yeah, I also just don't think it would be a healthy environment for her. So doesn't sound like it. No, if if again, if Lisa Rinna is screaming at a bunch of 
middle-aged women to dance on a table because Andy Cohen paid for their lives. It was just also just wild to see all of them in one place. That sounds that sounds the most fucked up. That sounds like some sort of like horrible hall of mirrors like Disneyland. Like if Bravo had a theme park that they is do. like it's called Sir Sure. Okay. <laughs> if Sir had a back room that was just a corral like, of yeah. <laughs> Just like whoever they could find at that time to just go there and you could go there and party with them. That seems uh, fun for about three minutes before your ears, your brain starts to leak out of your ears and you You're have crazy. to like I would say goodbye to my brain. I'd be like, <laughs> liquefy, baby. We're doing it. I would feel very nervous in there. I would drink one drink very quickly and be like, I must go. And I would leave. There was also an incredible picture of Andy with all of the housewives. Oh, um, yeah. And the only other guy in the picture is John Mayer. Also, as it should be. <laughs> it was, I was laughing. <laughs> That's nice. So I can't wait for the world to meet Andy Cohen's baby boy. Yeah. I'm sure we'll hear all about it. I hope that Andy does not do a photo shoot like Perez Hilton did with his first baby. Um, no. Andy I just, is successful and sane. <laughs> that Perez Hilton photo shoot has been burned in my brain Um for, since I saw it for the first time. it's a, uh, If people don't know what she's talking about, it's uh, Prez Hilton in the bath Nude. with his daughter. Yes. I think he's wearing little shorts or something. He might something. be wearing a small brief, actually. Thank but you. My best, I think the best thing about that picture is that his Invisalign studs are very uh, visible. <laughs> and as someone who suffered through those studs myself. I also, um, the one thing that always strikes me about Prez Hilton is that he looks like Peter Dinklage. He looks like if Peter Dinklage uh, had a child with Ron Perlman. Oh, my fuck. Oh, God. Oh, man. I also think Peter Dinklage is way more handsome. That's true, but I always got a Peter. I just, like, in passing. It's like how I think that Samantha Markle looks like Kim Cattrall. I think that's different. Interesting. I'm just offering, I'm just providing the two things. I'm so sorry, Peter Dinklage. The two comparisons that I have in my brain. I'm just presenting them to you now. Sorry, Tyrion. Two truths that I've learned. Okay. Um, So, yeah, good for them. Great for everyone. You know what? That's a party. I would like to go to in a party. Megan would not. So yes, that does bear not, that in mind when you're sending out invitations. That for should the not next, surprise anyone. For the next one. <laughs> um, this last item on the list is can be brief because I don't want to spend too much time thinking about their relationship. But People Magazine would love it if I thought about Chris Pratt and Katherine Schwarzenegger's relationship like all the time. I don't like those weird churchy Mm-mm. Hillsong people. I'm not into it, but they have been co- they've been covering it since the engagement with like a breathless level of attention that I do not like. I understand it is their jobs. Like I'm not stupid. I just don't like it. It's a quick engagement. It is a very quick engagement. Um, I believe they're getting married later this year. Um, it will be, from what I've read, it will be a, a ceremony that has plenty of room for Jesus. Thank goodness. Um, I don't know what we would do if it didn't. Um, and I hope that Chris Pratt doesn't run for public office. Um, I... Oh, he will. He's going to, like, run as, like, a weird libertarian. Yeah, he's going to, though. He wears all those t-shirts up to say things like, land of the free. (laughs) It always makes me laugh. It's, like, vague patriotic statements that are just, like... Yeah, basically, He's, freedom isn't free. It's gonna. That's gonna be cool. These colors don't run. I'm so excited to see where they go, but I am tired of hearing about it. But unfortunately, I don't think I don't think I'll have a choice. Um. Yeah. I no reprieve. I very much am curious about like what growing up in the Schwarzenegger household uh, was like. Yeah. And then I think I get uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger and. Uh, Connor Kennedy, or what's the what's the one who dated Taylor Swift? Oh shit, Connor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I get like those two. Like I don't know. I guess they're all Kennedys because Maria Shriver. Yes. Um, I kind of confuse them sometimes as like just uh, blonde yacht boys, right? With like a jaw. Yeah, blonde polo lacrosse men. Yes. Um, I can't picture Patrick Schwarzenegger. Yeah. But now I'm just thinking of Connor Kennedy. Um. And, like, he dated Miley, Patrick. Oh. Maybe we dated Taylor, too. I don't remember. Wow. No. Yes? No? Yes? I don't know. Okay. Um, can't, can't confirm. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was, like, 
I just like Maria Shriver seems like kind of smart and reasonable. Sure, definitely. But then your dad is Arnold Schwarzenegger right. and is the governor of California and, and also an Termi- action star. And like the Terminator. And is also like a weird Republican, although yeah. I feel like by today's standards, he's like a centrist. Yeah, he's probably fine. Like I would, <laughs> if Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, I'll run for president, I'd be like, sure, why not? Yeah, who knew? Yeah, who I the don't care. fuck cares? I just, whatever, I'll vote for whoever's. Let me just, just someone grab my hand and make it go on the voting yeah, thingy. anybody different. That's totally not true. Fine. I would not. No. Vote for, I mean, voting is important, everybody. Everyone should vote. Everyone should not be, be informed. As apathetic as I seem to be. Maddie is much more informed than I am. Follow her lead. Do your research. Research. You know, maybe volunteer at the polls. You could do that we'll if you see. want. We'll see. You know, how far does your patriotism and civic duty take you? I mean, <laughs> all the way to the White House, yeah. baby. Does it take you as far as... Chris Pratt putting on a <laughs> T-shirt for the Marines, which he never served in. Yeah, that's right. Or, you or know, does just, it just at least get you to vote? I mean, you're, that's that's a journey for you. We we do not see the future, thank God. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, can you imagine? <laughs> I would be really upset. I'm just imagining both of us, uh, like, painted like the war boys in uh, <laughs> Mad Max Fury Road, <laughs> but doing this podcast. <laughs> Who's to say that we won't do that next week, you know? It's true. It, it could might happen. happen so soon. It might happen. Yeah, so in conclusion, I don't want to hear about their relationship anymore, but I know that I'm going to, so I'm just bracing myself for the inevitable, but I would just like to go on the record as saying I don't care. Yes. Just more <laughs> Pete Davidson news, please. <laughs> I will actually start preparing a Pete Davidson digest that I will share with Maddie biweekly. A Pete Davidson bulletin. A bull. Yes, it will just be a memo that I spend my valuable time working on. Um, <laughs> and I'll do it instead of sleeping. Uh, you're going to love it. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Giulio Gallarotti, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Um, we are so excited to be sitting down with writer, director, and diehard rent head Beck Schwartz to talk about rent. Rent, 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 rent. <laughs> no day but today, etc. We are talking about this in uh, because it is always rent is always a fun thing to talk about, but also because on Sunday night, Fox aired. Rent live. Almost um, live. Sort of live. <laughs> rent kind of live. Yeah. Again, I, I called it rent lived. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, is that? Oh, okay. <laughs> because the man who played Roger uh, broke his ankle during the dress rehearsal. And so they had to like, I don't know, shuttle him on and off stage at opportune moments because they didn't have an understudy. This is... Yeah, I mean, I was watching this with a group of friends uh, on Sunday, and everyone seemed very perplexed as to, A, why there was no understudy for Roger, and B, like, whether or not this was some sort of conspiracy to have it not be live, because they were like, why was the um, why was the dress rehearsal taped, and why was the dress rehearsal taped, like, so well and so professionally? And I was like, guys, I cannot entertain this conversation. I'm sure <laughs> there's a reason. Um, but these are some good talking points just to start, I think. Oh, my. My goodness. And also knowing that Adam Pascal, the OG Roger, was there backstage the entire time. Yep. They didn't Crazy. bust him out. It would be very funny if they like made him brought do him it. out there. Shoved him in those tight pants. We're like, here you, you got this. Um, <laughs> this right? I also was at the end of the show, they brought the entire almost the entire original cast out. Mm. Um and Poor Adam Pascal had to sit on a table, <laughs> like you know, twenty yards away from everybody because he was keeping the new Roger company, which was nice, but also a little um, awkward. A little also, apparently, the studio audience saw an actual live version in which the yes. actor playing Roger was being wheeled about in a wheelchair, and I don't know why they didn't just broadcast that because that is I know so no day but today to just go forward with it. <laughs> 
Um, all of the clips I saw on Twitter of what the studio audience was actually seeing were fucking amazing. Right? Like, Roger, foot on a thing, like, ricing his foot, being pushed around by, like, whoever was available at the time, doing, a, you know, giving it his all. Everyone was sort of dressed down a little, which I enjoyed. That had That looked more like... A, like a fun dress rehearsal to watch as opposed to um, what we watched uh, on Sunday. Yeah, especially because a final dress rehearsal that's sort of still in tech is like, you're marking it, you're not going full yep. voice, you might be a little half-assing it, like saving your voice for the performance. So the fact exactly. that we saw the version where like they might have been holding back, just, oh, it makes me angry. I agree. Um, if they did like just make Roger in a wheelchair, it would make it even more impressive that he went out. Yeah, she he got left you the out. house. Yeah, you were in a fucking wheelchair. You like broke your ankle off stage during a commercial break, and you're. I I was most upset by his toes, which were visible. The, yeah. Every time the <laughs> foot swang into into camera, like I, <laughs> I just like could not. They could have put some sort of blanket, like a drape over it, yeah. just unseemly. Also, during One Song Glory, when he was sort of like hauling himself around that table, it looked <laughs> like he was limping, and I was like, wow. Like, is it? Wait, did they did they surprise us with a secret live shot? <laughs> also, like, does the virus start in his foot? I mean. <laughs> Before the virus takes hold in my foot. Yeah, he actually just has, like, diabetes. Yeah, so he's, got, he's got gout. gout. It's fine. It's yeah. gout. He had gout instead of the virus. Huh. It's fine. <laughs> I do want to uh, take us back a little bit. Mm. We're going back in time. It's the early 90s. Oh, boy. Uh, Jonathan Larson is approached by Billy Aronson, uh, who wants to write an updated version of La Boheme, a Puccini opera about uh, struggling artists in Paris. Um, but they want to set it uh, in the late 80s during the AIDS crisis in the Lower East Side about a new, a new kind of artist. Um, then uh, fast forward, uh, Aronson drops out. Because uh, he doesn't really like where it's going. Uh, Jonathan Larson keeps going. Um, it slowly was shaped into the play we know today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then very tragically, uh, the night of like the friends and family uh, dress rehearsal, Jonathan Larson uh, died of uh, something they think it was caused by uh, undiagnosed Marfan syndrome. Very specific. Um, so that kind of brings us to, like, what the lore of Rent is. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if that was uh, boring to Bex, who clearly already knew that as a Rent <laughs> <laughs> I was a theater major after all. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, and so uh, then it kind of became the sensation. It became a sensation that, uh, you know, it's been performed in all different countries mm-hmm. and different languages. Um, and so... Bex, what I want to ask you is what was it about it that spoke to you first off? What was it about that play? Um, It was so (laughs) aspirational. I mean, I was... Um, I I desperately wanted to be an actress or a performance artist. And then here was a show about a performance artist. And, you know, I had grown up in a boring little suburb in New Jersey, right outside of New York City. And I'd always loved coming into the city. And to me, the idea of being a starving artist in the East Village was just everything. <laughs> I didn't, wasn't interested in the AIDS or the heroin part. Sure, but sure, sure. The yeah. rest of it and, like, the urban tribe and, like, these people were sticking it to the fucking man. Yeah. And I didn't even know what that meant yet. <laughs> yeah. And then the culture of that. Rent. Yeah, just not, just not paying rent. That's it. That's all you <laughs> not paying fucking rent. Um, when it when it first opened on Broadway, there was such an amazing culture that sprung up a- around it because it was long before Hamilton did it. They were doing rush tickets for $20 so that mm. kids like us could go see it. And people would camp out online. And I had several friends, several male friends who met their first boyfriends on that line for rent. Oh, my like, God. This, that <laughs> big of so a deal. Nice. I know. Oh, it's like I love not, that. not a surprising place for them to meet, sure. but it's still a touching place. It's still sweet. I felt a genuine thrum of emotion briefly when you mentioned that. That's nice. Yeah. Well, you know, I think rent helped a lot of people, young people sort of start to come to terms with maybe their sexual identity and maybe your first beginning steps out of the closet were to go become a rent head and meet someone else who is in a very similar place. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
I remember um, first hearing about it at the summer camp I went to when I was like nine or ten, because mm-hmm. um, all of the counselors who were teenage girls uh, <laughs> yeah, were guess. obsessed. Sure. And I remember asking one of them what it was about, and she goes, "You're too young to understand." <laughs> and then that moment, I was like, "I swear." On the earth I'm standing on, I'm going to listen to this goddamn musical and I'm going to get it and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to love it because I can do that too. That's to the best of- way to get you into a musical is to tell you like, oh, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, I know. It's just like, and again, as like a nine-year-old who's like looking up to these girls, I was just like. Oh. <laughs> I didn't think of how. I first, I don't actually remember like the first moment that I heard it, like that, like I don't remember the moment when Rent, I became aware of it. I just remember listening, owning this the double CD and listening to it so much all of the time. I was surprised at how many of the words I still knew whilst watching it on Sunday. That was crazy. The answer is almost all of them. All of, all of them. Up. Every single one of them, up. except for the lines that they changed to make it safe for broadcast television. It made me so mad. Um, I mean, I work in TV. Also, I get it, standards and practices. But there were some that were super surprising, like poo-poo isn't, isn't acceptable for Fox. True. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They also, right? like, like did that, a thing, that one's like, not, like, the F word. Right. No. I think they also didn't say piss during, like, the they life didn't. They said puke. Lovey Bohem. Oh, did they puke not? Puke on your stoop. To be fair, while I was watching this, um, my friends who I was watching this with were... Um, singing every line and also performing it uh, behind me. Um, so every time I would turn around, I was, there's just a lot of them. Um, we were just really getting back to our roots. Uh, okay, I bet nice. it was better than the actual live it show. Wa- I, I, it was. <laughs> the Tango Maureen that I witnessed was electrifying. Oh, and I <laughs> but hope heels I- were being worn. <laughs> um, do you have, like, what was the first song that grabbed you? Oh, man. The first one that, like, hooked me was One Song Glory because I thought Mm. it was just so epic. And then it wasn't just One Song Glory. It was the way that it went seamlessly into Light My Candle, which, oh, come on. I mean, so good. When you hear that, like, dun, dun, dun. dun, It's very good. Knock, knock, knock. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, as I got, you know, I too had the double CD, which I also made a tape of so we could listen to it in the car, which didn't have That's um, good. a CD player. And I listened to it to death to the point that my father used to just make fun of the lyrics all the time. And I would get so nice. mad. He would always be like, um, living in America at the end of the millennium. And I'd be like, it's not the words, dad. Um, I particularly love the parts where different songs combine so that like Roger's singing one theme is like Mimi and the Mm. Life Support Group are singing another one like that's the stuff that makes my heart just flutter with like awe I um know it's like a really weird feeling where it's like your like something in your chest is swelling or something yes exactly I I have that I wonder if that's like something that I mean I guess musical frisions are a thing people have but I feel like this is like a Broadway baby special yeah because I also get it during um, One Day More in Les Mis when it's like everybody oh, yeah. coming yeah, yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, well, sure, like, sure. Well, like Lin-Manuel calls it the all thing. Like he, he does it in nonstop, the last uh, song of Act One of Hamilton, sort of echoing the La Vie Bohème place. And like, yes, <clears throat> when all these people come in singing different lines, like I swear my heart swells to bursting out of my chest. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know that feeling too. <laughs> um, I think I'm trying to think of what my favorite Song. I've always liked Without You. I also learned how to play that on the piano, I believe. Um, it's maybe the one only. Um, and then I've always been partial. And then, of course, uh, Take Me or Leave Me. Mm, Those are the course. ones that I that I listen to the most, honestly. Yeah. As a small, a, a teen. Can I admit that I really have always disliked Roger and Mimi? Yes. Whoa. That's fine. Whoa. Yeah. I think I've always found uh, their relationship to be very boring. Because you ship Mimi and Benny? (laughs) Yes, obviously. I do have like a secret love for Benny that we could get into later (laughs) when we talk about Mario who stole the show on Sunday. Because he can like sing. Um, But uh, I don't know. I think I like Collins and Angel were what always got me. And so like when Collins sang... 
put the live reprise in my house. of yeah, I'll, I'll Cover You at the you. funeral. Ugh. When he sings it alone, that always just to die. devastated no, same, me. Same, I forgot about also, that. I thought his was the best performance by far last night. I was like, oh my God, let me follow you around. I will say that the reprise of I'll Cover You at the funeral lacked some of the oomph that it has when it's not sung, when it's sung by a baritone. Mm, I feel like yeah. it is a much more like, I was much more moved. Like on juncture. the original Broadway cast recording. Correct, which is honestly the only thing I can think of. Yes, That's yes. canon. <laughs> it, yeah. it is. Mark it is. also was like, his voice was so much lower than uh, Adam Rapp's. Uh, yeah. Usually, like, Adam Rapp, right? Anthony yeah. Michael yeah. Rapp. Adam Rapp's is, and like that was off-putting to me. I also thought this Mark was very sexual. He was too hot. He, he was, was a little you know, hot. He was, he was hot very and like grindy. Not very nerdy. And now I saw a bunch of stuff on Twitter. People were complaining about hot Mark. And I, I do just want to say, I always thought Anthony Rapp was super hot. I had a huge crush on him. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like waiting for him at Pride events to be like, hi, I love you. Oh my God. <laughs> I also will say, and I know I said Adam Rapp before because I mixed up the the Anthony Adams, uh, but uh, I, like Anthony Rapp is like a hero too. He's Seriously. like the one who is like the whistleblower on Kevin Spacey. Oh my God, that's right. Icon. Also, yeah. one of the stars of Adventures in Babysitting. True. <laughs> True. Great point. Great point. <laughs> um, I once uh, went to a, a rent sing-along Oh. Um, and uh, afterwards, uh, Anthony Rapp uh, surprised everybody <gasps> with a Q&A. Oh, dear. Uh, but my secondhand embarrassment for the audience, because they all acted like maniacs oh, in no. a way that was he clearly was put off by, my secondhand embarrassment was so bad that I had to leave. Oh, dear. I, like, left my friend. You're like, I can't be in this room. I cannot be in this space. Yeah, I, like, whispered to her. What like, were the questions that people were asking? Um... It was more like any time he would try to answer, people were, like, interrupting him. Oh. Uh, where it would be like, uh, you know, mo- like, you're all too young to probably remember the Lower East Side as it was. And then just, you know, a bunch of people being like, I'm not. You know, and it's just like, well, it's not about you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, just like every Q&A is kind of awful. That's true. Mm. Um, That's true. I always really liked all of, like, the I think it's because I have such a low voice and, like, mm-hmm. there were the songs that I could sing along to. Um, but I always really liked all of, like, the boy songs. Mm. Like, oh, I yeah. loved You'll See, I think, is one of my favorite songs. It's a good song. Um, and then, uh, yeah, What You Own, I always was, also like, so song. into. That's a good one. Um, yeah, so I think, like, again, I was, like, kind of the more upbeat but, like, macho. I just love a ba- I just love something that will potentially make me cry and all of, without you the reprise of um i'll cover you always usually did the trick which was nice was and will too. i will i is one that always gets me oh yeah that's a good one that's a good one the fact that it went in the broadcast last night from will i straight into a spot for dumbo like oh my god <laughs> oh, i was just god. a weeping mess <laughs> Oh, um, man. One thing that really bothered me about the live show and the funeral scene, um, and I actually didn't notice this, but then a friend pointed it out, mm. uh, is that um, friend of the show, Robert Ackerman, oh, yes. uh, is that uh, Angel's family was at the funeral, which is like a really big part of the musical is that they refused to come. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's weird. Oh, huh. So did we know for <laughs> sure that that was her family? Um, no, I am just, this is what we do, Bex. We just say things and, uh, hope that and then true. perpetuate them without <laughs> fact-checking. Um, <laughs> I will have to go back and check, but it was one of those. They also, like, uh, changed the part with the priest where a uh, priest is, like, telling Collins that it's, like, you know, like, there's I was like, a you have to pay where, for the funeral. Yeah. Um, although... In terms of updating, I very much liked that Angel is now established as a non-binary character. Yeah. That she is not a drag queen. She is a gender-fluid right. uh, person who is, is finding her identity. How, yeah. did, how did you guys think um, Valentina did? Oh. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. She looked beautiful. She looked beautiful as she, she always so does. She looked so good. She looked so good. However, um, again, maybe this was part of the holding back because it was dress rehearsal. Yep. But oh, it, I I had secondhand embarrassment. Me too. For the songs. Yeah. Me too. 
I mean, she, the okay. I'll cover you was just not nothing was really reaching where it needed to go. I feel today I, for you, tomorrow for me was a bit of a mess. Just a bit, yeah, just a little bit. But but I love Valentina. Nothing but love for Valentina. Oh, of course not. We all love Valentina. Megan apparently no, does. No, so really did the audience. I mean, they were hooting so loud you could barely hear her. That's yeah. true. They did. They loved her, and you know what? That's what counts. Another thing yes. to mention is the uh, ensemble on this live thing. Oh yes, we're just really hamming it up, bonkers. Oh yeah, they were pulling some faces. Um, and like beard guy, I feel like there was a guy who just had a beard and just yeah. every single opportunity he was like, <laughs> oh, he was like the, he was the, the squeegee guy, the honest living, honest living. Yeah, 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 yeah him. Oh man. It was, <clears throat> I just, I mean, here's the thing. Musicals are inherently corny. I think making, I, I'm, you disagree staring at you, uh, with disdain. You know that I love a musical, but I also think that they're corny. You Except- think that's true, Vex? This is my personal opinion. Bex, I'd love to hear yours. Well, I mean, musicals are inherently about heightened emotion because that's what makes us burst into song. And so if perhaps you find heightened emotion to be corny, then I understand that point of view. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, ta- I'll take it. Um, sure. I will go with that argument. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just think that, okay, sure. We, we can we can take the respectful route, which is the heightened emotion to burst into song, et cetera. Um, I think that something about making it live on TV like made it worse. I, I don't mean, know. But one thing we can kind of talk about is the movie. Oh, uh, Jesus. Which, you know, mm. I think it came out in what, 2004, 2005? that right? It sounds right. It was bad. I am um, not but yeah, a big had, fan of the film. I'm sorry. No, I don't think anybody is. Not mm-hmm. any uh, rent head worth her salt. <laughs> Seriously. Worth, worth her ACT. I don't know. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> that's nice. That's um, good. I mean, but, you know, it's tough when you take a theatrical presentation that's meant to be done live and in the moment where there's that feeling as an audience member where you're, you know, meshing with the performers on stage and all of a sudden put up the Brechtian distance of being on TV or in a movie theater or whatnot. So there's 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 always that, like, how are you going to film this? I think some of the live musicals yeah. have, have done a better job than others in terms of being like, we understand this is no longer on stage. We're now shooting this right. for the medium. Um, but the movie version, it just it just took away everything that was rent. Yeah, except for the original cast, which made it so jarring. I know. Because they were like 100 not- years old. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, so <laughs> Daphne Ruben Vega, who is the originator of the role of Mimi, mm-hmm. uh, was replaced by Rosario Dawson um, because uh, Daphne was pregnant at the time of shooting. Um, but also, Mimi is supposed to be 19. Right. And, like, even Rosario Dawson is kind of too Pushing old it. to play. Yeah. <laughs> she looks totally. like she's 16. But, like, imagining a woman in her 40s. I, I feel like I've blocked most of the movie out of my head because I watched it with my then-roommate, and we were both big rentheads, and we both just, ugh, hated it. It it didn't feel authentic in any way, shape, or form. Like, it, instead of shooting on Avenue B, it was like, let's shoot in the backlot version of Avenue B. It's fake. Right. It was like the Universal Studios, like, yeah, fake exactly. New York street. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. I. How many times have you seen it live? Um, I think four. Four. Right? That's a good amount. That is a good amount. I never had the Yeah, privilege. that's a lot of rent. I, um, for my 16th birthday, my dad got me front row tickets to the touring company nice. in Madison, what? Wisconsin. There you go. Um, and I remember, like, <clears throat> getting like spit on by the singers and being just like, oh my God, what a dream. Yeah, just being like, give it to me in a cup, you know, like just so, (laughs) I don't know, just I think so close to We got very dressed up. It was like, it was so nice. I don't know. Um, Yeah, just I saw it for the first time as a birthday present also. And I remember waiting afterwards outside of the cast door to, you know, meet, meet as many cast members as I could. And the woman who does the solo in Seasons of Love, yes. I mistook her for the actress who was playing Joanne. <gasps> and I don't know why I decided to say this, but I was like, as a gay law student, it's very important to me that you're portraying a strong lesbian lawyer. Oh and God. like, I wasn't a law student. I 
had no idea what sort of sexuality <laughs> I was. I just needed an in. Yeah, and you just also, to say I was something. wrong. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so like, embarrassed, and I'm yeah. I'm so sorry to this day about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you were you were young. You were excited. I was young. And I was of, young, and not a lot of student. I'm looking. Through <laughs> yes, my... it just it made sense at the time. I was so overcome with emotion. I burst into song. <laughs> it happens. It happens to the best of us. Did you get any? <laughs> did you get any autographs though? I did. I did. Um, I got Anthony Rapp's autograph, and I believe Daphne Rubin Vegas. Wow. Um, Those and are good. the woman who was not Joanne, the woman who was the soloist from Seasons of Love, <laughs> was very offended. And then I was like, Yeah, I'm she's like, I the am worst just person because black. That's the <laughs> well, I'm, like, I'm a saying that like black woman. I don't know what yeah. else. To larger say. black women all look the same to me, apparently. Which is, <laughs> oh, I'm so bad. I my, my seats were really far away. Let me also say that. Fair. Fair. That's okay. Thank you. We Things happen. Oh, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. So, so a thing that I also noticed, and maybe I was wrong, so please correct me. I don't think Tay Diggs was there. I No, he was in some of the photos, I think. Anthony Rapp posted some photos of the fam, and I think I saw him in there. Was he there at the oh, end? Damn. The seasons of love. I don't know if I saw him on stage, but at that point, like I was, I was weeping. I mean, uh, who knows what I was seeing? I was just thinking, I was like, "Ooh, Dina got rent in the divorce." (laughs) Like that was. (laughs) She looked. She looked so good. Oh, that could be. (laughs) I think he was there. No, again, I clearly am. I also. I mean, I was also half asleep, but I was briefly reinvigorated when the most of the original cast returned to sing because I was like, "Oh." This sounds so nice. Yeah. I love the way this sounds. Why wasn't it like this the whole time? And I thought I saw Tay <laughs> Diggs, but also my eyes were slowly closing. It was my bedtime. Oh, this sounds a little bit like the album I've been listening to since 1996. Exactly. This I was like, comfortable oh, this, and familiar. I, was like, I recognize this. Those yeah, harmonies. Exactly. I get it now. Um, <laughs> I do say, I will say that from the live cast, I think Vanessa Hudgens was good. Hmm. I thought so. The Maureen role, as I've become a not child, does fill me with extreme cringiness. Yes. Yeah. And I think we Vanessa Hutchins yeah. totally fucking sold it. I thought she was really good. I'm surprised. I I thought that she at least was having fun. Okay. Whereas yeah. everybody and she else seemed to really seemed get like it. Drudgery. Like just like marking bare, it. Yeah, like, warmed up corpses. Yeah. Um, and like, at least like she clearly was having a blast. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny cause she has played both Mimi and Maureen before. She played, uh, Mimi at the Hollywood Bowl when they did the, when Oh they did my it. God. That's right. That's right. Which that's was her like introduction to Rent. Yeah. She didn't know what it was. Oh, bless her. What? Oh. Um, I definitely Yeah, like, I thought, I thought she was actually a very high point and I was, I was, I don't know what my expectations were, but I was so very pleasantly surprised. Well, and I think no one had any energy, which made it really hard. Right. Or at least, like, something wasn't translating right. from uh, the performance in the arena to, like, watching it on television. Right. But her, uh, she, like, came, like, clearly excited. Yeah. Um, no, when she, like, pulled up on the motorcycle, I was like, okay, here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. <laughs> and then she was like, yeah, she was like, and she injected it with, like, a little a little verve because, again, because it was a dress rehearsal, everyone was, like, doing their best, but they were also, like, marking it. And, like, no one was really going as full out as I think they could have. And that— I agree. I thought during La Vie Bohème, Bohème, La Vie Bohème, she was uh, totally, totally selling it more than anyone else was. Like, I believed she was having the time of her life. Totally. La Vie Bohème was such a—it felt—the energy was off. Well, again, they had to censor it so much. Yeah, but still. I I mean, we're not—again, we're not talking about the star of this, which is Mario. Right. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he was good. He was great. He was really good. Um, he was I, also like, who knew? Yeah, I mean, and I wanted to talk to both of you about like how your perception of rent has changed as you've gotten older, where I know my thing now is like, pay your fucking rent. Yeah, same. Like, same. You know, like, why do you think you don't have to pay rent? Yeah. Like, if I'm paying rent, you should pay rent. Um, And then also, that? like, also, I was listening Benny, to rent on my flight and I realized like, what, so when Benny shows up and he's like, I need the rent that you owe me for the last year that I've been letting you live rent-free. And they're like, fuck you. Right. What does he need that one year's worth of rent for? 
He's got all these investors. True. Allison's dad. Interesting. Oh, yeah. they, maybe he has a drug problem yeah, alongside maybe. Mimi. Yeah. Or maybe he. I just, mean, yes. As a as a grown up person, you're like, dude, what the fuck? You can't you can't expect not to pay rent. What? Like, what kind of yeah. entitled, privileged bullshit is that that you think you can you get to live rent free because you're an artist? I'm also just like these are two like shitty white transplants. Yeah. Uh, who uh, and Benny is like a young black entrepreneur who's investing in property, <laughs> which is like a very safe and sound investment. Yeah, he wanted to make a WeWork, and he was gonna give uh, yeah, exactly. them a studio. Exactly. Which a WeWork is just like <laughs> he was trying to like you know maintain the authenticity of the neighborhood by yeah. allowing these artists to have a space. Um, so I, again, am pro-Betty. I, yes, I with side condos with... I, on the top whose rent keeps open the shop. I mean, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you think about it, when you listen to the lyrics and you think about it at whatever age you are now, when you are no longer like 16, it tracks. Benny, I get it, Benny. Uh, I stand with Benny. And do you really want a neighborhood also, <laughs> where people piss on your like, street? Angel murdered overnight. his dog, really. which is really not okay. <laughs> Also, a thing that I think I missed for the most part as a kid, and I didn't miss it, and I knew it was present, but I didn't consider it the way I should have, mm. is um, the st- the content about HIV/AIDS. Ah, oh, yes. Where I think if we're looking at it critically, Jonathan Larson actually did not do a great job of handling it in a lot of ways. True. Um, but also, it does bring it into the conversation again, and. Weirdly, I think, like, Ryan Murphy actually has a lot to do with why people are, like, thinking about the AIDS crisis again Mm because he's Mm. uh, producing a lot of content about it. Right. Um, But, like, our generation just has no idea what – how devastating that was. That is true. True. And I don't I don't know if it gets covered in in schools that if if like if you're 13, if you know about the epidemic that removed a generation of gay men. Yeah. Um, I mean, the another thing our friend Robert Ackerman said, he was like, think about like an entire uh, generation of artists in New York gone. Yeah. Like yeah, the art that, that would have happened didn't. Right. Yeah. I, I'm very curious as to, as to like, if you're 13 and watching Rent for the first time, like what your context of HIV and AIDS and the crisis is. Like a footnote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, that uh, the only character who dies is uh, a gay man uh, or now now a non-binary person. Um, You know, the straight couple kind of get to to make it to the end. Um, And I know a lot of people have been very critical of that. I mean, I read something uh, last week that said on on Out.com, written by Heron Walker, um, that sort of said that the a lot of rent was taken from a Sarah Shulman novel. So Sarah Shulman made her case about rent being sort of stolen, ripped from one of her books in a book called Stage Struck, Theater, AIDS, and the Marketing of Gay America. Um, Let's see. She notes the similarities between the Maureen Joanne Mark subplot and the love triangle at the heart of People in Trouble, which is a book that she wrote, and the climactic art-based protests against slumlords and rising rents found in both. So she argues that rent is sort of a mashup of Labo of Puccini and her book. This is what she says is like the smoking gun. Um, uh, The smoking gun, writes Shulman, is that of the community-wide AZT alarms set to people's watches meant to remind people living with HIV to take their meds. The detail is found in People in Trouble, and it's based on a real thing Shulman observed that, thanks to advances in HIV medications, were obsolete by the time Larson was writing the book for Rent. So how did it end up in Rent? Simple, says Shulman. Larson stole it from People in Trouble, a book that a mutual friend of both playwrights definitely remembers Larson talking about while working on Rent. The end. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Or he knew someone else who told him the same anecdote because they too had witnessed people having AZT alarms? Sure. Also, like, that's just a detail of life. You know, you it can't is a detail really... Of life. Uh, I mean, I feel like the Puccini right. thing is, like, like if so someone were like, Yeah. I wrote a book where a woman has an alarm on her phone to take her birth control pill, and then that detail showed up in a movie. Like, I don't, I don't think you get a case for that. This is... I'm merely just presenting a small controversy that I discovered in my research. 
I um, apparently am so hardcore that I'm just going to defend yeah. Jonathan said, Larson no this, matter you know what. what. That's okay. I just wanted to, I love to got to see all both sides of a thing. Yeah. And now I want to read her I book. I can also see like it being, it influencing, um, you know, the work. It just yeah. seems like that's a little bit different than just like plagiarizing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, especially if he was reading source material about the era. Yeah. Also true. Valid points, everyone. I just, again, just had to present this. JIC. Well, I'm I'm gonna read that book and then okay. I will tell you. Thank yeah. you. I would welcome it. Thank you so much. <laughs> she just you're just gonna rip it into pieces. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> um let's see. Well, so if that raised your hackles, you're gonna love this. Oh god. I think rent is maybe bad. That's fine, I'll take it. I love it. I'll take it, yeah. I love it, but I think it's not good. Now that I've like watching another thing that I've like found as an adult is that it it's very right, you're gonna have to deconstruct that statement like what part is bad and not good <laughs> um like I mean, overall because you know we've just been talking about these things that we love about it i again, agree it is highly problematic yeah and may- maybe not good <laughs> maybe sure 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 okay see i would like to one very much separate uh thinking something's bad and not loving it where my whole world is based around uh, lowbrow things that I adore. <laughs> so, that is true. <laughs> um, I do love it, and I think a lot of that is wrapped up in nostalgia, and a lot of it is wrapped up in kind of the schlockiness of it in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, like just sort of the themes that don't age very well, like it feels like this very... Um, it feels kind of cartoony at a certain point where it's just... Uh, Again, like it just—it's not like a very realistic portrayal of—it's not angels in America, you right. know, and it shouldn't be, right? Um, but it just—I just feel like it has not aged very well. I think a part of that is because we don't understand the age, the AIDS crisis as well as people used to, right? Um, but also, I think it is uh, just like it's again—it's like pay your goddamn rent. <laughs> That's like right. all it comes down to, <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's very of an era, and also I believe that in an earlier draft, Maureen and Joanne also had AIDS, which makes you think more uh, of the Team America World Police, like AIDS, 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 AIDS. Yeah, the aspect like of everyone rent, has AIDS. which is like right. Yeah. Uh huh. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I think it's okay that they didn't. I mean, he said Jonathan Larson said he wanted to create a musical for the MTV generation. Well, he did, and he did. He did it. Um, I mean, there's like a lot of like rock musicals that came before mm-hmm. and after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he and really... And Jesus Christ Superstar holds up, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I love it. And now that, like, it's... I've had a reason to listen to it again, I will be listening to it for the next month. Yeah. Um, And I will be singing it constantly. Yeah. Probably better than a lot of people in the show. Interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, I mean, with, I, like, think, I think that's a very interesting Sorry, point about rent fandom and being a rent head is like, I I certainly reached a point in my life where I was like, oh, uh, oh, this thing that I love maybe isn't the masterpiece I thought it was when I was younger. Ah, yes. A beautiful realization. Painful. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I guess, and that's that's just getting older. growing up. Fucking sucks. (laughs) I hate it. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad that you still are like hardcore about it. It's also kind of like what like Tumblr has done for like weirdos. Oh my god, uh, Rent kind of was like an early uh, Tumblr, like sort of like uh, it created oh, a Tumblr I love community that. Uh, in that it's that like nice. queer and like diverse and very you know kind of this place for like these young. Not necessarily outcasts, but like young freaks to mm. young p- kids who aren't freaky enough to like actually be freaky, but who are like, like freaks border. enough to not feel right. Yeah, yeah. Or even That's just nice. like if you're if you're not even brave enough to wave your freak flag at that point, and you hear or see this, and you're like, I'm I'm not the only weird one. Someday I'm gonna have a tribe full of weirdos just like me. Yeah, which like definitely happens. My chosen family, they're they're waiting for me. Yeah, my urban tribe. I will find them all when I get to college and get out of this small town. I do have like one last question, okay. which is that, so 
facts, you like wanted to be an actor and you wanted to do musical theater. Uh, did you ever audition for a Rent song? Or did you ever audition for, or like, like audition with a, with rent, a song? rent song? Or did you ever <clears throat> audition for a Rent role? You know, I never did. I cannot sing, uh, much to my chagrin, and uh, was never oh, the so one you just getting went, You were like roles. straight theater. That's I, what you uh, were. Avant-garde, postmodern theater, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I even when I auditioned for musicals, I used to do a lot of songs from Hair. I don't think I ever wanted to touch Rent because it was like, you know, that that bar was set so high that if you came in under it, it was just like, oh, you were even worse. It's so True. funny, too, because Hair, like, kind of set the, set the ground for Rent. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, what was your Hair song? I used to do Air as an audition. Because it's, like, cute and character and you get to cough at the end. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, you're putting um, yeah, out you're a little like, bit of a roll, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Have you, Maddie? Um, no. I I once, to audition for, like, the special choir in middle school, I sang a song from Joseph and the Amazing Technical Dream <gasps> Which Co. one? Does not surprise me. Um, I did just, like, the narrator's opening, like, some folks dream of the wonders they'll do. Like, yes. that was... Um, I won't do the whole thing. I won't suffer you through the whole thing now. I'm ready. We can do it off. We can do it later. Oh yeah, I won't. I won't make <laughs> Bex have to. She's I'll, had worked a full day. She I'll doesn't take need that, that burden. Um, <laughs> well, we would love to have you back to talk about musicals anytime. It's true. Awesome. I can I also talk about non-musical things. I would love to come back. This has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much, Bex. This has been great. Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast, and thank you to Beck Schwartz. This episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Majina Mofidi is our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. If you want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think, hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. And follow us on Twitter at dirtcastpod. You can find us on Spotify, NPR One, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.